me think of something stupid to say up top. <laughs> you just have to open your mouth. Oh! <laughs> Hi, welcome to episode 11. Oh! <laughs> of the I Can Dig It podcast. <laughs> Are you recording that? Yeah. <laughs> We've been recording for the past, like, minute and a half. Oh, that's the Ooh. intro. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> Isaiah just oh. got burned. My name's Bailey. <laughs> Oh my god. After episode 10, all bets are off now. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy still shit. Going. You gotta be quicker on those or Christian will just take it up from you. Oh my god. I god. mean, fucking, you left it wide open, dude. I'm Ooh. sorry. I love you. Was, I felt like my heart was snatched out of my body. Jesus. Oh god. You guys seen Dragon's Dogma? Like, like the opening of Dragon's Dogma where the dragon takes its big fucking man finger and sticks it in your chest and takes out your heart? It was like that. I feel like that was just a straight bully move. Like he's walking around the halls with his books and you go, hey, nerd, just slap that shit out of his hands. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Let me do my host duties. Christ, welcome to episode 11 of the I Can Dig It podcast. As Bailey said, I'm joined by Christian. How you doing? Hello. I'm great. Dick. How are <laughs> you doing, Bailey? Hi. Flow. How are you, Isaiah? I'm hurt. I'm sorry. I <laughs> love you. Fucked up my flow. I had a mood going, man. We had a rapport. That, that is a rapport right there. Christian, what have you been? Li- Shut the fuck up. What have you been listening to, Christian? Jeez. This is a very hostile environment. You made it so. <laughs> you <laughs> made you it laugh. so. You dropped the lion in the cage, and the lion is hurt. I got a laugh out of him. It's kind of laugh out of me too. It's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I've been listening to the album Super Organism by Super Organism. I told Bailey about this band, and then he showed his girlfriend and started to call it Super Orgasm. <laughs> Bailey, Bailey you're five. I'm sorry. Shut up, I'm Bailey. Sorry. We're Bailey, five. Bailey texts me and he's like, "My girlfriend really likes Super Orgasm," and I was like, "Super Orgas, Super Organism with a little star." <laughs> But yeah, they're great. <laughs> I immediately sent him back a gif, and it was like Chris Farley playing around with something, and it's like I'm retarded. <laughs> um, this what super organism, Christian? What genre do they fall? Um, they are an eight-piece band from all around the world. They all met like online and doing like little mini side projects with each other, and then they kind of formed into one band that they're calling Super Organism. Um, I've been meaning to listen to this album since it came out in March. And I just haven't gotten around to it. And then I listened while I was playing Enter the Gungeon. It's damn good. Um, it's probably the weirdest and most bizarre album I've ever listened to. This band really relies on like, oh, what are they called? Like sound samples in their music. So they'll use samples of like um, soda cans opening or people laughing or birds uh, chirping and stuff. Cash as, registers. Yeah, cash registers and stuff as instruments in their songs. They said in an interview like, they don't view noises that are made like in the world as different from noises made from instruments. And I think that's a really cool mentality to approach it. It's definitely different from like any other band I've listened to. Every single song's like super catchy in a different way. They're all super different. I've never like cared so much about the beat of a song. Like I can't stop myself from tapping to a song um, whenever any song comes up on this album. Um, I guess I'd define it more of like an indie electronic pop with just like samples programmed beats heavy synths there's like some surf wave guitars in there um just pretty basic like three chords um the singer or i think's her name 
she said she had to record a lot of the vocals for this album in her dorm room, like while her um, roommate was asleep or something. So a lot of her vocals are really monotone and laid back and chill. And I really like that about it. It makes it really catchy and kind of gives her this nice little personality, I think. She kind of seems like like an innocent just chick with like a view on the world that I think is really cool. Like they've got songs about everybody wanting to be famous. And then the next track is called Nobody Cares. And it's kind of like an antithesis, antithesis to that first song saying like, actually, nobody cares. Do whatever the hell you want. And like, it's just super good. I can't stop listening to it. I absolutely love it. Check it out. It's the biggest surprise of the year, and it might be one of my favorite albums already. Like, I love it. Damn, dude. Like, I've listened to, like, the first four tracks of it, but just, like, listening to you talk about it and how interested you are in it, I kind of want to, like, listen to the full hog on it and like, go ham. When I first found out about it, I sat down playing Enter the Gungeon and listening to this album for a solid, like, three or four hours. Like, just the album on repeat. My one problem with it is it's it's just too da- damn short. <laughs> it's only like thirty <laughs> minutes long. Man, that's not much of a complaint though. If you're only that's like saying, man, I love Doom so much, but it's only fifteen hours. Yeah, there's I only gone another fifteen. There's only uh, one song off of the album that I'm not the biggest fan of. It's just like I feel like it doesn't stand up to the rest of the songs off the album. It's like got the least amount of production and like stuff going on in it. It's called nays march it's still good but it's definitely my least favorite but if you want to get into them i definitely check out the big single everybody wants to be famous and then my favorites are super organism and um nobody cares so yeah right wicked anything Um, else you've been listening to man i've also been listening to the album nearer my god by foxing Ooh. this album just came out on friday and I think last episode I talked about the three singles that had come out from the album. They were um, Game Shark, Nearer My God, and Slapstick. And both of those songs I think are a really good like example of what the album is as a whole. It's definitely like feels like a natural progression from their last album, Dealer. It's very ambitious and big and bold. It's an album that's almost hard to get into just because of how much they try to do. They'll go back and forth from like an indie, um, more aggressive tone. There's songs on here that sound like Pearl Jam almost from the 90s with um, really grungy guitars. There's also songs that are just him behind a keyboard or behind some violins and stuff. I forget which track it is, but it's like, I think it's track three or four. There's like this really epic, like 10 second 70s guitar solo that's just crazy intricate, like just go ham on the guitar for 10 seconds and cut the song off. Yeah, like, it's just really creative and ambitious. Like, they just... This album feels like more of a work of art than just, like, some people dicking around playing music, you know? Like, it sounds like they're they're the type of people who want their album to be perfection, like, to a T. Mm-hmm. And it's really good, and I think it paid off. I like it a lot. The lyrics on this album can be really heavy, too. They can go back and forth from, like the singer talking about Donald Trump and, like, the political landscape right now to their songs about him saying, like, when the hell is this career going to make money for me? Like, it's it can go back and forth a lot, and I think it's super good. Um, I would definitely check it out. The title tracks and all the singles are what I would check out because it's a really good introduction to the album. So, Nearer My God, Game Shark, and Slapstick. I really liked Slapstick. Slapstick. (laughs) I really liked Slapstick and Game Shark myself. Uh, I kind of listened to it in the background at work, but I really need to kind of just sit down and focus on it like I did with um, 
snail mail. Yeah. And I really just sat down and listened to the whole album and kind of absorbed it. I think this is definitely, like, the reason Dealer was also harder to get into, too, is it's just an album you need to sit down and listen to with just the album a couple times to, like, fully get it, I think. There's just so much going on that it's hard to just listen to it in the background, I think. Yeah, I feel like this is also one of those albums where you have to listen to it two or three times before it really can sink its nails into you. Like, you can appreciate it on a surface level, but you really have to engage with it to really get the album. And it's definitely a longer one, too. It's like an hour long. Yeah, I got it right here. 56 minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. And I really like the uh, amount of production and the the effects they have on the vocals. Mm -hmm. It's really intense and grungy, but it's also kind of soaring and like almost almost like heavenly and godly. Yeah. It's weird. I love it. It's really good. So that's an album uh, I really recommend just even by listening to the first six tracks or so. Yeah. And that's all I've been listening to. Nice, man. Ooh. What about you, Bailey? What's on the uh, I Can Dig It Weekly? So there's like British pop, pop rock. There's alternative. There's indie pop. Just kind of a pop vibe. All over the place this week. I like the beat you had there. Any pop, pop, rock. Pop, hand, just fucking <laughs> bell curve all the way up there. We're starting a band all. now. <laughs> That's right. So there is Honestly by Bad Sounds, Lazy Boy by The Voids, Off She Goes by Bad Sons, Nicely Done by Wild Party, and Press Start by Walk the Moon. I'm a little so, bit disappointed with the names this week. I know. I'm sorry. See, I told you I don't just pick the songs <laughs> off of stupid names. I... Do you want me to start doing that? Just find it. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping for like a baby fat legs or some shit like that. Maybe. Dude, fucking, there's always time. Maybe next week I'll find something stupid. I got ketamine by Cellulite Princess or some shit like that. <laughs> but um, also, some news for you guys. I keep Ooh. running into songs by Bad Sons that I really like off mm-hmm. their album Disappear, and I might just sit down and listen to the whole thing. <laughs> Oh my, this is character development. Oh yeah. my God. So so here we are at this point in time. Uh, somebody mark the date to where I might be a new person. I oh, might wow. change my name and get a new social. I might just go off the grid. Okay. You yeah. should, you should yeah, also listen. Make sure you're listen... fucking paying rent though. Um, yeah, you should also listen to Super Orgasm. Just you mean that. orgasm? <sighs> Fuck you. Super Orgasm. So I've been listening. I've, I've tried to listen off. to Bad Songs. Bad Sons, mm-hmm. I like them. Um, they remind me of, I'm trying to find it. It's another band that you showed me. Um, Cruiser, maybe? Something Cruiser. like that. Yeah, I didn't. I haven't heard a lot from Cruiser. It was just that, um, God, that one single they had. Yeah, it's like, like a three-track EP that they have, and I think that's it. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're good, but I haven't really found a song I latch on to yet, mm-hmm. but I might check them out. Yeah, but uh, I'll report back on that next time we meet up, see if I'm still... Uh, cynical asshole about albums or if I've uh, become a new man. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna grow uh, a beard, wear glasses, and start playing the bongos. I'm I'm gonna be like the Thoreau of music all of a sudden. Don't do that. (laughs) He's gonna come back and be like, I listened to these 60 albums. Let's talk about all of them. I'm gonna come back with a turtleneck and some like round rim glasses and everything and just tell you guys why Yoko Ono is like a gift on the earth. I was talking to my buddy, and uh, he was talking about Thoreau, and he was like, he's, he didn't really, like, go out into the forest and all that shit. Like, he wasn't with nature. It was, like, a really nice cabin, and he would go out into town and get food, and nice ladies would bring him pie and give him blowjobs in the forest. It really wasn't a connection with nature. He was just in the forest. That sounds pretty sweet, though. That does sound pretty great. <laughs> like... Get pie and fucking. Not to say anything he did in the way he did it was like the correct way, but like if I were to take a vacation, a week of that sounds pretty cool. (laughs) 
I'm in the forest. That's that reminds me of that fucking Facebook thing where it's like, if you could only go in the forest for a week with books and no phone, no TV, no internet for a week, and you get a hundred thousand dollars, would you do it? And it's like, are you stupid? I wish dumb people had dumb? more money so they could actually go out and do that and be like, for a week, you go out, no Facebook, hundred thousand here, and like that would be sick. I just want more dumb people to have money, but just like wealthy people just to give it to everyone yeah just to be like everybody here i don't need it <laughs> i want to see can you eat this whole container of cherry tomatoes for ten thousand dollars no way you could fit your whole fist in your mouth no way <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not gonna happen i don't know where this rich person is from but it's like an accent <laughs> that either. jumps around to the worst u.s <laughs> accents in the country <laughs> and it's just kind of picking it up yeah <laughs> Sorry, I just I imagine dumb rich people. <laughs> oh, get my jet ski! I'm gonna go flip it. See you guys later. <laughs> it's like DJ Carol to get lost in the middle of the ocean. The Coast Guard yeah. has to pick him up. <laughs> oh gosh, darn, played myself. Oh. <laughs> Every time I do that voice, like my arms just suddenly come up and I do this thing with my hands. You guys can't see, but I feel. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> no mind. This is a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, I'm going to describe the entirety of Jurassic Park for you. There's a dinosaur. Ah. <laughs> okay. Woo, we were talking about music. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've been dipping back into 2016, uh, listening to Tiny Moving Parts, 2016 album Celebrate. It's a good album. It's really, really good. Uh, it picks up on that uh, punk, uh, not punk rock. Well, I'd say it's a little bit punk, uh, post-hardcore, pop-punk sort of feeling to it. Uh, the opening track, Good Enough, is probably one of my favorite opening tracks to any album ever. Uh, it just starts off on this really cool ambient scratching, and then kind of notes come in, and the vocals hit hard. Nothing's ever good enough, and then it just slams into this long guitar. The drums crash in. It's beautiful. Um, happy Birthday, really great track follow-up. Birdhouse, amazing. All these songs are really, really good. Uh, my only problem with the album is a lot of the lyrics are kind of corny, teenage, adolescent feeling. It, it's not really too much of a problem because when I want to feel like I'm back in high school, I'll put this on. Yeah. <laughs> but even just being in my early 20s, I can kind of, I kind of got to raise a cheekbone and cringe a little with some of these lyrics. Mm -hmm. But one of the lyrics that you really disliked, I remember, uh, I really like for some reason, or it's I, you can't consume what you're allergic to. Yeah, I didn't like it at first, and then when I listened to it in context, I liked it a little more. Okay. But I was still like, I don't know. Like, What's the I context think it's... of that? Because just hearing that off the bat, I don't really like that either. Yeah. Like... It's like the whole album, like, cohesively, the lyrics aren't bad, but if you pull them piece by piece, you're like, eh, I'm not sure. Fair enough. <laughs> Which, like, isn't, I mean, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it. you listen to this album to get that kind of, like, nice feel like upbeat kind of poppy feel and well, some of the songs so are kind of well. a lot of the songs are about loneliness there's a kind of running motif about the the writer being like snow or snowy uh, i like it's another one of those kind of like sophomoreish lyrics where it's like uh, i want to be remembered like the weather in the winter so uh, what was it ah so crisp so strong something it was just it's just kind of nice mm -hmm. feeling i don't remember it off the top of my head but the instrumentals are always solid and the vocals are really hard and scratchy uh and well, there's a lot of screaming in here it's like it really picks up on that post hardcore vibe really well and yeah. it scratches that itch for me because i get it every once in a while mm -hmm. 
Now the the guitars are definitely more math rock. Oh yeah, there is a type. lot of math rock influence in yeah. there. I mean, it goes uh, it goes hard at times, but when you're in those like interstitials or you're just in the um, oh, what am I thinking of? <laughs> the areas that aren't the chorus, oh, you're gonna like get the, the verses. And yeah, stuff? the verses. I brain farted. My brain shit the bed. <laughs> uh, when you're just, when you're in there, it's just a lot of math rock that goes into the harder post hardcore feeling. Uh, other than that. I've been listening to a lot of the Front Bottom self-titled in preparation to the episode we're about to record after this, which is the Digging Deeper on the Front Bottoms self-titled album. Really excited to get that out. Uh, we're aiming for 45 minutes, but it's going to be probably an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened with the Bloodborne one that we did. We're like at 30 minutes tops, and like we're going through the list, and we're like halfway through, and it hits 30 minutes, and we're like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> we need more, but also, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Just go off. Yeah, that's that's the feeling we're probably gonna hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I haven't been listening to much. I've been listening to way more podcasts than I have been music, but we're not. We're gonna talk about that later. But first, uh, Bailey, what games have you been playing recently, my dude? Uh, I've been playing the fuck out of Mario Odyssey. Oh, because Christian has been so gracious as to let me borrow his Switch and he put it on the front TV. Gentlemen, and... here we go. Right off the rails, Bailey. How you think of Mario Odyssey, my man? Um, ten out of ten game. Oh. I I have at this point I've beaten the main thing. I've collected about 350 moons. Mm-hmm. So I say I'm I'm pretty steady in there. I've experienced what you need to experience in that game and I would love to play it again and again and again and again and again and again. So, yeah, Mario Odyssey, I don't I don't know if we've talked about it like very densely on this show. We're about to get into it because we've mm-hmm. all played it and loved it. Um for all of us it's a 10 out of 10 platforming standard except for Christian, he's a shovel knight man. I never said it wasn't a 10 out of 10. Oh, you put words in his mouth. Because I know he's going to be like, well, Shovel Knight's better from across the room. I'm going to shut that down. They're like two completely different games. Shovel Knight's like a Metroidvania type style. This is a platformer. He's a trophy. Don't. Just leave him. Yeah, I'm fucking pissed. No, I'm sorry. Let's let's talk talk about about Mario Odyssey. Let's talk about Mario Odyssey. It's not as bad as Waluigi fans, so it's okay. Who cares about Waluigi? Anyway. Hey, motherfucker. God. Try not to curse as much, but ooh, you bring it out in me. So what? What, what about Mario Odyssey makes you love it? Um, God, just the the way you can move around in that game, like uh, in Donkey's video, uh, how he explained like there's several ways to approach different situations. Like in the Sand Kingdom, there's a wall kind of in the when you're going up to the first moon on that tall tower, where you can either go and do the 2D part and run up, or you can just fucking like ground pound jump and like jump off the wall and just like skip jump up there mm-hmm. and like. That kind of philosophy permeates through the whole game, and I just fucking love that. And also just being able to see something off in the distance and just fucking, I'm going to go there and do it a stupid way instead of, like, the intended way, which is always my preferred method. Just be like, I'm going to jump or roll off this thing in a weird way and kind of skip jump over there and glide or something to make it down to this weird specific spot that you're supposed to reach by doing something else entirely. Like, just the options are amazing. And I, I saw you doing that. I love that. that. I remember I saw you every single time that there was an obstacle. You were like, how can I do this in the most complicated wall bounce? Yeah. Butt stomp, I, jump way up. I just fucking love that. Like, just how it's so open-ended to where you can just – it's your playground. Every fucking world – sorry, I'm cursing, but I'm just excited. Every world in that game is a playground. And you can jump all over the jungle gym however you want. I remember when you were in the Sand Kingdom and you were like, I'm going to get up there. And you spent like 20 minutes wall bouncing from every single part of the 
little area. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. In that little cave part. I, yeah. It took you like 20 minutes. You're like, I'm going to get up there. And then you did. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot of it is just because of how Mario like feels. His controls yes. are so tight. And mm-hmm. there's so much good audiovisual feedback from him because all these animations are so smooth and they lead yeah. into each other so naturally. And Mario has this very solid, he feels like an object weight to him. Mm-hmm. And he has this grace in his movement that's just, oh, they capture it so well in the animation. Mario has never looked better, honestly. Yeah. And just, like, the controls being so tight is so satisfying, too, because you know that every motion and thing you pulled off was because you were being precise in how you approached the situation. So mm-hmm. every, like, dumb thing that I was doing where I was jumping off the wall or being ridiculous and not doing it the right way, every time I, like, finished it off and did it it was like oh it's just so good just to be able to know that almost like like mastering a fighting game yeah like because of the skill and your understanding of how like the mechanics work and how some of these tools are that you were able to achieve getting up there and i also love like how many ways you can play the game as in like how you can use the controllers like Mm -hmm. you can use them put together you can use them separate obviously in handheld mode you can play it two-player. Well, one person uses one Joy-Con as Mario. The other person uses a Joy-Con as Cappy. Mm-hmm. By the like way, Cappy so- in that mode is overpowered. Have you done that? Yeah. You just, oh, my God. Whoever's Cappy just has to swing around, and Mario yeah. can just walk. He's literally a UFO, and he just flies around the screen. Like You don't have to throw him. He just does his own thing. I love it. But like, That's adorable. The motion controls in this game are perfect, and like mm-hmm. it makes the controller feel like it has more buttons than it actually has, you know? And it, it's it, even in that game, it's like you utilize pretty much every button on that controller, but it doesn't feel clunky or gross or anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like – it feels like they've specifically designed it so you're not crisscrossing your fingers around to get what you want. Yeah, nothing is cumbersome in that yeah. game. And it just oh, – oh, there's so much goodness in just how Mario feels and looks and everything – and the ele- oh Jesus Christ! What did you just shock <laughs> just yourself? Just popped again? in my ears and scared oh, the hell okay. out of me. You did that last time with the cable. Quit yeah. touching it. You're <laughs> playing with your cable and it's making my hands feel like they need to do something. I'm doing well, it safely. Hand. Yay! That was cute. <laughs> but every uh, every uh, possessable, I guess, uh, capturable, capturable creature yes. in the game. Every slave that you can. <laughs> Whoa! Sorry. They add this element of interactivity with the world that just. It just makes it feel whole and unique and creative. Like especially my favorite was the uh, the little worm that extends out. I yes. love him. Link it around. So cute. I love the noise it makes when it extends. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. It's just adorable. <laughs> and all these audiovisual cues and the world itself. All these kingdoms are just so delicately crafted to be the most fun possible. But also look, like they also have like all this personality to them. Like, the, the Forest Kingdom looks entirely different from New Donk City. It feels like a completely different game that you've just been dropped into at that point. And even, like, the two water worlds, Lakeside and Seaside, I think, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. There's a huge difference from both of them, even though they kind of have the same concept mm-hmm. at times. Like, you would never mistake the two for being the same. Yeah, the only thing similar about them is that there's water. Yeah. And that's it. And, like, everything else is different. Like, the aesthetic and the color scheme on each one is completely off and different. And, like, the theme in those places are different. And, oh. Yeah, it's like the, the Oceanic one has, like, this coral theme to it. And there's all this rich uh, seaweed poking up. Mm-hmm. But it's not an enemy like it is in the um, the, the uh, Beachside Kingdom. Because there's actually these big pieces of seaweed that hilariously, when you just throw a cap into them, they crumple into like five different pieces and fall apart. Mm -hmm. And it's sandy and it's gorgeous. And you get these lush oranges in the background. 
and just the, the way the sun hits the water just right mm-hmm. it, it's gorgeous and the beachfront expands and there's like some sandstone caves you can explore and go off to the side in and everything like ooh, it's just so good like everywhere you go you're rewarded for exploring like and there's never a spot getting... where you go like i am here and there's nothing here now i came up here for nothing like everywhere you go there's a reward and when you get into those weird fantasy sort of zones like uh the hat kingdom where it has that mm-hmm. tim burton-esque color scheme and texture even on the floor and the fog that surrounds you love it. and even like the top hats on the flying goombas it's adorable and it just adds to the the character of that area uh what else was i thinking of Oh, gosh. Christian, you look like you need to say something. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to, like, I think the biggest oh, my God moment in the game for me, well, I got two, Mm -hmm. was when you get to capture a tank, and it's almost (laughs) like a first-person shooter or third-person shooter for a little bit. That is my favorite part of the entire game. Like, that's the biggest departure from Mario you can get, I think. And it was insane. And that boss is amazing. Um, Also... The ending of that game is perfect. The ending of that game is real good. Like, the moment you got to control Bowser, I, like, threw the remotes and danced around. I was like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> when that happened, I was fucking, like, I was like, yes, yes, yes. And I was running through it in that last area with the four pillars. I was just, yes, yes, fireballs everywhere. And I'm it, like, this. it feels so good. Like, you feel like you're Bowser. And then the mm-hmm. 2D part with him, you're like, he's fucking amazing throughout all this like he's busting through walls and shit on the 2d part he gets in the pipe by squeezing in and it's so cute and stuff it's amazing like that game knows how to capture two things really well that's childlike glee and wonderment and just this need to explore and to learn about this this vast area and it knows how to trigger those dopamine receptors real good (laughs) real good (laughs) like that game feels just rewarding to walk around in and be a part of it like Mario Odyssey is an experience and I love it. Everybody should have the opportunity to play that game. Yeah. Like ten out of ten God tier Mario. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As Dunky said, one of the big boys. One, one of the, the big, big boys. boys. The big boys. I mean, yeah, I would say it's definitely my favorite three D Mario game. Probably one of the best Mario, Mario game. games. Yeah. Yeah. Probably I would say favorite that. Mario game. Like no other Mario game elicits that level of joy from me just by playing it. And mm-hmm. I can come back to it and dump hours into it just exploring and interacting with the world and doing capturables again because there's so much fun to play as god if i could i would do the new donk city thing every day just like that run up to pauline oh my god i would do that every day she's so cute she is so cute and like that whenever, song is amazing is whenever amazing. we want to make each other happy we just put that song on in the apartment it's just like there's smiles and everybody's <laughs> eyes light up and we're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good so that's what I've been playing. Uh, also, <laughs> until the Gungeon on the side, I'm trying to platinum that game, so I just have a bunch of the tedious achievements to get rid of at this point, like flipping 500 tables and like dropping 100 chandeliers on people. And Do you like think that, that kind of makes the game feel boring at all when you're going doing, for two of those? Doing those, yes. Like all the other achievements I did organically because I was having fun with the game. Those ones are the ones where I'm like, ah, I don't like doing that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just because you don't do those throughout yeah. the game. Like, neither do I, so that would be tough for me, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and there's one where you have to, like, kill 100 enemies while you're in a mine cart. I'm like, Whoa, God, no thank you. I am never in the mine cart. I know. Me neither. It's the fucking worst. But I'm going to be trying to do that. So I'm sorry, man. I, I know you want to complete your love for that game, but I don't know if you have to go that far. Eh, it'll be fine. I'll bounce off that and say I've been playing Enter the Gungeon a lot too. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, been. Um, <laughs> I just got all the pieces to the bullet. Bailey helped me out with that, and I've been trying to beat the past, but it's really hard for me to get all the way to the fifth floor with enough health 
to beat the dragon. The mm-hmm. only time I did it was when I got a clone and I got halfway through and then I died and I restarted with all of my shit. Mm-hmm. And it was like an hour and a half run and I was like, this is amazing. And now I can't again. Um, other than that, or do you want to talk about Gungeon real quick? Oh, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say I've discovered my favorite thing in that game, which is rolling over a table while shooting people. That yeah. Feels, yeah. feels real. John Especially when shit, you like dude. roll over like a couple in a row and you kind of slide for a minute and your guy's like, ooh. Ooh, it <laughs> it's feels so good. nice. This reminds me. I have some synergies to show you guys that I found. Oh, heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Bring them up. We're on I the can... subject. Bring them up. There are only uh, dual-wield synergies because I got a bunch of those. But they're super cool. I got one with the Helix bullets, and I know Christian doesn't like those, but they're hey, fucking... Them. Welcome to the Gungeon cast. <laughs> they're so good. You got this one synergy where you were holding, like, the machine pistol or the mini Uzi or something like that, and, um... Oh, I you got it, it coming? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I see that. You see that? Yeah. Bailey, please describe what you have on your screen right so, now. So, uh, in the game, there's this uh, passive upgrade that you can get for your bullets called Helix Bullets, and what it does, it just splits your bullets in two and circulates them in, in a helix formation forward in front of your character like you're just regularly shooting. And I also got a synergy where you have, a, uh, I think, a Colt 45 that shoots frozen bullets and, like, this old-school, like, uh, Civil War revolver, I guess, and you dual-wield them and you shoot them at the same time. And I also had this other passive upgrade that gives you bigger bullets, so it just looks like I'm shooting beams out of these two guns. Oh, it's amazing. And it's awesome. That's so good. And the other one is that mini Uzi one where ah. you can have a Mac 10 and a mini Uzi in your hands and you're dual wielding them. And those are always fun. Any of the dual wield upgrades that you can get in the game are OP and awesome. They're, They're super so good. good. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> also, did you notice the bunny? There's a, a, a wabbit? Yeah, he's a bunny holding oh, the mini Uzi. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Just from the show out to you guys. Sick. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say on that one? Uh, no. I just uh, yeah, buy Gungeon on any platform. It's usually on sale on the Switch. It's amazing. <laughs> um, it's available everywhere. Get it. Pretty much. It's on the PC, Xbox 360, X- not Xbox 360, the Xbox One, PS4, Switch. It's it's everywhere. Just get it. It's but also so be good. warned, it's a hard game. Oh yeah. It's if you're not a fan of the like bullet hell style mm-hmm. you're probably not gonna well, like let's it. be real it has become markedly more accessible with all of the new synergies yes. in the game yeah i'd say it's easier still a hard game yeah like oh my god like i've got 50 hours plus in that game and i still can't get to the fifth floor consistently can can i say a couple of things really quickly for what? sure okay so you guys are aware of fan gamer who is this it's a merch store on okay. the intro nets on the intro so right now on Fangamer, and I'm really excited about this because I'm the worst, and I like being a shill for cool shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a physical version of Okami on the Switch, which just came out a few weeks ago. Well, a couple, like maybe a week ago, actually. Mm-hmm. That has the physical edition and a soundtrack. And the Okami soundtrack is god-tier, mm-hmm. by the way. And Fangamer is also doing... Actually, no, this isn't Fangamer. This is just regular. Go out and get it. Go out and get it. Do it. It's just available everywhere? Yeah. Oh, shit. It's not even Fangamer, but Fangamer does have a really cool physical edition. Does this regular edition that's out everywhere come with the soundtrack as well? Maybe. Not 100% sure. It might be one of those Atlas things where it's like first run, get it while you can, or pre-order the special edition. But Fangamer is doing a $69 version of Undertale that has the full soundtrack, a locket, sheet music that comes with it, an art book, and a physical Switch version of that game. Ooh. And you can bet your bottom bippy that I'm going to purchase that for $69. <laughs> I 
<laughs> What's a bippy? I don't know. In what I economy just... does the bippy thrive? Uh, the bippy thrives in a bull market. Bippy's a skippy. <laughs> the bippy's right, a Scandinavian <laughs> currency. Christian, anyway, I was just excited about that. Have you been that. playing anything else? I've also been playing the game Hold Down. It's uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's just a. Did we little... talk about that last show? No. Okay, no. go on. It's just a little four dollar game you can get on iOS. I think it's on Android too. Um, it's they coin it as a ball bouncer with death, depth, death with death. You die in the game. You no, die. So it's, a, it's a ball bouncer you with boss depth. You boss the bows, balls. Your balls bounce. Whoa, Jesus. Balls. That's some crazy alliteration. Like <laughs> so your goal in this game is to um, shoot these balls down to dig into a planet and then get to the planet's core and get all of the materials from it. And the more materials you get, the more you can like upgrade your balls to where like you can shoot this many at the start or these are the max you can hold or these are the max shots. And you have to also purchase like licenses to uh, mine on other planets and stuff. So you start off mining on like the little meteor and then like a little planetoid, then the earth, then a bigger planet, and then the sun, then the black hole. And I've gotten to the point where I'm mining on the black hole, which is just endless. So Sick. I've synced, like, at least three to four hours in this Ooh, game wow. in the last, like, week. Mm -hmm. Just, like, on my phone because I'll stay up. And it's just addicting. And it's so cute. The main, like, mascot of the game, the little balls you shoot, he's also in the right corner. And if mm -hmm. you tap on him, he's like, work, work. Or he tells you to eat your vegetables. Yeah, he's super cute. And the soundtrack to this game is amazing. Like, the music mm -hmm. is super good. The sound effects are really nice. They're all just, like, really cute and adorable. Um, and I don't know, like, it's refreshing to buy a game and then, like, there's no in-app purchases. There's no, like, ad ads in the game or anything. Like, I just bought it, and it's, like, I think that's the biggest reason I love to play it because halfway through there's not, like, a pop-up ad or anything. Oh, and I absolutely love it. And that's all I've been playing. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. What about you? Uh, I've been playing those those games that we've mentioned earlier, <laughs> um, but also I've been sinking a lot of time into. Actually, I want to talk about one thing before I talk about the thing I actually like. So, um, we all have PSN in the room, I believe, mm -hmm. and PlayStation has their you know monthly free games. Uh, they have Dead by Daylight, not my game, but you know, certainly you could play your asymmetric, fun horror themed. Mm -hmm camp game game for for people with a lot of friends and a lot of time yeah it seems like one of those games where it's like if you're one of those streamer people or you like streamer people or you're an extrovert <laughs> that's yeah. something you could pick up uh I'm, I'm not really an online sort of person and i don't like coordinating with people outside of splatoon so yeah <laughs> but other than that there's a couple of indie games i forget those it's like a vr game and then an indie game but they always have a big title to go along with it so uh, I downloaded Mafia 3, and it's not very good. No. There's several reasons for it. So. <laughs> uh, one of my biggest problems with Mafia 3 is that the character always feels too heavy. You feel me? Like a tank? Kind no, of, not sluggish. Like their shirts are lined with lead more than them. It's not like they're, it feels like they're trying to go for realism, but they came out with chunky. Chunky. Okay. And so, so I feel like it's a lot easier to move around like John Marston or a character in Grand Theft Auto Five. Grand Theft Auto Four felt the same way, where the character was kind of sluggish. They were trying to go for realism, mm -hmm. but they didn't quite capture being fun yet. Mm -hmm. So, the characters feel sluggish. The gunplay kind of feels sloppy. 
it might just because, be because I'm kind of early on in the game and I'm not really wielding flamethrowers and anti-tank arsenal, but it just doesn't feel great to move the stuff around. Like, the impact of the weapons is really cool. People fold nice, and the physics system makes it so that it looks good, and there's good feedback from their entire face splitting open. Pretty nice. But I have a problem with the violence in this game. It's too much. Because, like, okay, so feel me here. It's kind of got this, like, background message of violence is bad and the violence you're committing is bad. Mm -hmm. But then they have a mechanic where if you hold the punch button for long enough, you get a, a, viol a uber violent, like, glory kill sort of thing going for you. Yeah. And it kind of feels like if Doom was like, don't rip apart that demon. And then you rip apart the demon and it tells you ripping apart the demon was bad. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of incongruous. And there's a lot of these elements that are kind of incongruous or don't work well. For example, there's this one mission where you go into like this really seedy strip club brothel. And you clear the place out and people are making remarks like, no women should be exploited like this. But then two types of collectibles in the game are naked lady cover spreads and then Playboy magazines. Yep. We all knew this wasn't a good game. Yeah. We told you not to download it. <laughs> I, I had hope. And it has one of those mechanics where it's like you're taking over the city, so you're taking over chunks of it, like in Far Cry 5 or something. Mm -hmm. And you kind of, you, you anoint people to take care of that sort of stuff. But it's it's kind of passive. Like, it's a cool in concept, like Shadow of Mordor sort of thing, but it's not as cool as that. Mm -hmm. So... Basically, it could be boiled down to running drugs in Grand Theft Auto Chinatown was way more fun than this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have you done that? No, but it I know, I know so what you're talking fun. about. Yeah. It, that is my favorite part of that game, running drugs. Because you're like, you're buying low and selling high, and you've got like this stash, and sometimes the police will come after you. That game is a gem. I like, just want to point out now that we can clip out your voice saying, I love running drugs. And that's going to be on the internet forever. Go on. So be it. <laughs> I love Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. It's a great game. <laughs> uh, the PSP version specifically. Uh, but no, it's Mafia 3. I wanted it to be good. I played it for a few hours. It's not very good. It's like it's just coming up short in so many areas and not really excelling anywhere. You know what, man? You, you gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. And another big thing is they really tried to hit that photorealism. And just a year or two later, it's not looking very good. <laughs> mm -mm. No, photorealism doesn't really age well. Like, it looks good at the time. Like, look how well this is performing. Oh, my God, we designed it so good. But I will and, say, like... they did nail facial animations really well. That, Like, in the facial models. Like, people actually, like, old people have wrinkles and stuff in their faces that move when their faces move. Who made mm. this game? Oh, I think it was 2K. 2K? Like, off the top of my head, it was 2K, but I don't remember. So it's kind of forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Trying but, to think of other things. Yeah, it's 2K. 2K. Give it a shot if you want. You're like, if you're into Mafia or Grand Theft Auto and you can't wait for uh, old Red Dead Redemption 2 to come out, or just wait for Red Dead Redemption 2. It's coming out in like two months. Yeah. So Shit. just wait for Red Dead Redemption 2. Don't bother. That game's going to be good. It looks good. But I have been playing what probably is going to become my new favorite game, which is Persona 5. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Fifteen hours in. Fifteen hours in, I finally beat Kamoshida, which is the uh oh jeez, I'm just like going into the lingo without even explaining the game. <laughs> Pervert man. Pervert man and Barnacle Boy. So <laughs> I don't like that. Oh, sorry. 
So uh, Persona 5, it, like you probably know about it because it's the best-selling Persona game of all time. Uh, it's a JRPG that revolves around you being in high school, you being a high school kid and kind of interacting and socializing and all that stuff. And the big systems of the game are social links where you make friends and you talk to people and you kind of pick the right dialogue options to butter their biscuits. And they become closer friends with you, like IRL. And then in the dungeons, uh, you can fuse better personas because they get experience boosts and personas are demons manifest that you can summon at will to perform magical bullshit and it's awesome i just realized that persona 5 is code lyoko no it's not yes it is christian <laughs> it is isn't it you're not going into a digital world one where are you going into like, a, a world that you access through world? digitally through an app on your phone stub that persona's 20 years old code lyoko's 10 uh, get code, out well persona 5 <laughs> Persona's been around for much longer. Mm, Code Lyoko. I'm not ah. having this conversation. This isn't going to be the next Ewoks versus Jawas versus Jaws. This is not that. <laughs> Settle Lio down. Code Lyoko Persona crossover. Oh, oh my god, dude. <laughs> the money. The money. <laughs> Isaiah looks so upset. I just I didn't even you look like I feel God like I, just came down. He just came down. And he's like, hey, I have something to tell you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you're mad because it's true. I'm mad because it's dumb and it's <laughs> not. It's pretty accurate. No, it's not, Christian. It's not even close. Okay, what's the premise me. of Code Lyoko? I don't fucking remember. They're all just high school kids that go into a digital world through some digital type of access. And but do they monsters. summon anything? This is like they don't boiling things down to their bare essentials. Mm -hmm. This is like saying their bare necessities. Like the deer hunter is the exact same thing as Rambo because they both involve Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate the both of you. I'm done. I officially quit this podcast. This is Isaiah's last episode. Good Sorry, night. that shit hit me like lightning. Oh. <laughs> I really wish lightning did hit you <laughs> in that moment. You'd oh, never God. have said that, and this podcast would be deleted forever <laughs> just because the 1.21 gigawatts is flowing through this room now, and I might be dead, and Chris might be dead, and this whole cursed conversation would have never happened. Or we might survive. We might get those sick-ass lightning scars. Those are cool. Persona Five. So, so what do you like about the what game? What do you? What do you? Fifteen hours in. What do you like? <sighs> Take your time. I'm sorry. I was on a train of thought, and then you like threw me like very roughly into a boat of thought. <laughs> Not even a good boat, like a tugboat. Now you're thinking of it. No. Now, now every time you play that game, they're like, "Oh, we need to go in," and they open up their app. You're gonna go, "Oh, code Lyoko." <laughs> Isaiah's like, can't play another Persona game. No, shut up. <laughs> it's like, by that logic, like, Digimon's just code Lyoko. Yeah. It's like, any any other world with a real world is just code Lyoko. Yeah. These are tropes. It's tropes. It's a genre thing. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Mm. Just saying they ripped off code Lyoko. <sighs> <laughs> What do you like? 
I'm visibly upset. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is radio. This is the first time I've actually been upset on the podcast. (laughs) Like, real. Like, not fake, like, this is funny for people upset. This is, like, me mad at you. (laughs) I mean,. We're having a good time. Yeah. Mm. Mm. This feels like the opening all over again, and I hate both of your faces. (laughs) I mean, I will say I really like the art style in this game. Yeah, I was telling you last night when you were playing it, like, I would fucking love an art book of this game, because, like, every still, you can, like, take something out of a character's design. You're, like, the... um, the little like drawn animated flashes that kind of come up after you beat something or you do a special attack are gorgeous. I think my favorite part too is when you beat an enemy and then you like run along with it to like end the battle kind of. Yeah. You know? Um I will say one this on the game and maybe it gets better after you play it, but just from looking at it, I don't like the way the menus look. Or yeah. like when you're fighting it, they they look cool, but they don't look fun- functional. Like, I think the first time I would have seen that, I would have been like, what's going on? I don't know what button to press. There's too much going on. Mm. Like, they're all, like, static lightning looking out, and I'm just like... I think it is a lot better than just having a list of things that you can do. Well, mm-hmm. probably... Like, menus going into submenus, going into different things. It's like, this button means this, and it goes into a submenu. And it becomes very ingrained because you only have a few options. Like... Mm. You press L1, you examine the enemy. You press X, you automatically attack. You press um, triangle, you're in your persona menu. And from that menu, if you're playing as your main character, R1, L1 switches between personas. Real yeah. easy once you start getting into it. I'm just saying, like, the looks look a little too much for me. That's all I'm like. They, it just looks a little too busy for my taste. I like that but because the rest it's of not it. just a bar at the bot. I've played, like, dozens of different JRPGs where mm-hmm. it's just a bar at the bottom that says, attack, defense, spell, item. And I'm kind of sick of that, so I'm kind of glad that they're playing with the form of what a menu can look like. I, yeah, no, like, I definitely appreciate it. I'm just saying the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's busy, but, much. like, you can, like, it, they introduce it slowly enough for you to be like, okay, when I press the up button, I'm going to whip out my gat. Okay, that's good. <laughs> my gat. <laughs> it's also just good how they streamline it just the buttons instead of scrolling through a menu. Like, if they yeah. if they just had the uh, the menu itself, and they just attached everything to a button, it would still be good. Everything else they add in is just for aesthetic and design purposes at yeah. that point. Like, once you memorize, like, this button does this and that does that, like, a menu is just kind of there for, for looksies, you know? And it feels a lot more kinetic than just the up and down buttons and then the X button, because you're kind of, like, actually using the entire controller while you're doing it, mm-hmm. instead of just being relegated to up, down, left, right, and X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I like it for that. Uh, other than that, the soundtrack is done, as always, by Shoji Meguro. He's been working on the series for a while. I don't know if he's how long he's been involved with SMT, but I know he's been doing Persona for the entire time. You can literally pop in any Persona soundtrack, and it will rock. Battle themes, always amazing. Persona 4 had a uh, really poppy J-pop feel. Uh, Persona 3 really went hard into that rock rap thing that was going on in the early <laughs> 2000s, but it felt good. Yeah. A lot of it was very jazzy and fun. Um, we go back into Persona 2, 1 and 2, and you go into like hard rock sort of feel, especially in the remakes because Persona 1 came out 20 years ago, so you're kind of running off of a, a PS1 <laughs> chip, mm-hmm. and you're not really going to be getting vocals out of that. So if we're going off of the remakes, yes, the battle themes are hard rock and it sounds amazing. Persona 5 goes really hard into jazz pop and it sounds amazing. 
all of that soundtrack is heavily listenable. Uh, my favorite track is actually when you're just kind of walking around the main square near the Cafe LeBlanc, which is kind of where your house is. Yeah. And it's this really slow, melodic jazz theme. There's a kind of an organ in the background, really chill. Just a snare, an organ, a couple of other instruments, and it's just going. It's beautiful. Battle themes are amazing. The All the dungeon themes sound great. Uh, the only track I have beef with is the um, oh Memento, which is the randomly generated dungeons track. Kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Not really into it. But all the other overworld themes, dungeon tracks, battle themes, amazing. The artwork and art direction is very, very good. It's just very distinct. Very strong colors, good use of cell shading, like harsh Mm -hmm. blacks, very harsh colors. There's not a lot of gradation in Persona 5, and it really works to its strengths in the anime aesthetic, I would say. Mm -hmm. And it makes it pop. And all the menus pop. All the menus are gorgeous. Like, just just the equipment menu. There's so much going on and so much kinetic energy going into it and the main character is giving you all these looks and it's just charming a lot of the voice acting is great the main cast really does a good job some of the side characters it gets a little goofy but that's just dubbing um it's good it feels good it's visceral the combat feels really kinetic there's a lot of camera movement there's a lot of effects going on on the screen there's a lot of visual information going on that's not really cluttering it's just a good game yeah it's 10 out of 10 perfect rpg and it has like all the nitty-gritty shit that i love uh the press turn system as always is really good press turn enemies have weaknesses you exploit the weaknesses you get another turn for that character but they enhanced it with a baton pass mechanic that you get through um social links so you can press r2 pick a character and you baton pass that ups their hp and their ability to heal they get that extra turn They'll get a turn later, but they're getting your extra turn now. So you can switch off, like, ah, shit, I hit this one enemy with a weakness they have, but I don't have a spell that covers this weakness, but they do. So I'm going to baton pass over to them and kick their ass, and it's great. That's cool. Demon negotiation is back. Uh, Getting items and siphoning money off of demons is back. This game has personality in oodles. It is so good. Persona 5 is perfect. It is so good. I bought it before I had a PS4. (laughs) And Persona Q2 was just announced. Uh, I'm excited for it, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of Persona Q1. Mm -hmm. It's a crossover between the Persona style and Etrian Odyssey's gameplay, and I kind of appreciated it for what that was, but it felt like the characters kind of were just very one-note, which is what you're going to get when you squished, like, 16 characters in one game from two different games where it took... 80 plus hours to develop them yeah so excited about it It has the persona 5 cast persona 4 cast persona 3 cast there's gonna be like 33 trillion characters and it's just gonna be dumb fun and i can accept that i like that that's good do you guys like doom i fucking sorry i love doom no say it it's doom i fucking love doom (laughs) i i love the shit out of it doom 2016 uh, favorite FPS single player of all time. Same. I here. would. I would concur. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys feel about a Doom sequel? Um, a Doom what? <laughs> you heard me. A Doom sequel coming out in 2019. Oh my god. So we talked about this on our E3 episode. 
Doom Eternal got a gameplay trailer, and it looks so good. It looks so good. Twenty six minutes of new shit we've never seen before. Ooh, ooh! They had to, like there was like two guys. They were hyping it up. They were being really fun in the Doom spirit, swearing mm. and showing up concept art. That's not what I'm here for. I appreciate that, but that's not what I'm here for. Ooh. I'm here for a grappling hook on the shotgun that lets you hook onto enemies and the environment. You know what it's called? Swing around. What's it called? Meat hook. You swing yes. around on your meat hook. <laughs> Zoop around like there were moments where he'd like swing around on an enemy, get on their back, and with the super shotgun, just blow their head off. It was gorgeous. The jibbing in this game is perfect. It's amazing. There's a dash mechanic now. You can meet hook, zip around, dash over like a, a blob of plasma coming at you, blow something in half with the super shotgun, and just keep going. Doom felt good with a double jump. Imagine how this game is going to feel. We don't have to. We've seen it. And from what they've it's shown so us, good. like it no, looks like a bunch of the maps. you can look at something. You can look at Mario Odyssey play, but feeling it in your hands, that's something different. Climbing over a wall, meat hooking behind something, blowing it in half, that's a feeling. That's something you got to experience. I wish we had like a little camera just <laughs> pointing at Isaiah. I'm doing yeah. Italian fingers at Bailey very aggressively right now. He's just like in it. Ooh, I'm so excited for Doom Eternal. What else is in Doom Eternal, Bailey? Uh, Mick Gordon is still in Doom Eternal, the dude who made all the music for the first one. Yes. That fucking genius. Mm-hmm. I just watched uh, him do a, a GDC talk for 2017, and he was talking about how he was implementing all the sound waves and putting it through a bunch of distortion pedals and everything like that, and that guy is a fucking wizard with music. He was talking about this uh, software he has called Hammer where he takes an image and it takes a sine wave out of it and he takes that sine wave and runs it through a bunch of portals to get the weird synthy distortion that we get in the game. And he like <laughs> he got in trouble for this because he didn't tell anybody and the news and data miners found it out, but it was that 666 pentagram shit <laughs> that was in the music. He did that on purpose. Like it, he went and just got a bunch of like number six and did like a, that uh, that image mining for the sine uh, waves for the sound and everything and just ran that through the game and put it in as everything he took the sound from the original chainsaw and put it into the game as a baseline i love this guy like he's just amazing he's so good and it sounds like good music it sounds like like hard synth death yeah. metal and it's perfect and it syncs up very very well with stuff like glory kills the action of the game the introduction of enemies the flow of the fight it feels amazing like I, rem- I I remember I was playing Doom on the Switch, which sounds like blasphemy, by the way, <laughs> both for Nintendo and for Doom, because that game is a technical fucking marvel. Uh, just picking up a Hell Knight, I think, hitting him, and I heard the bass drop on it, and like every successive concussive hit felt mm-hmm. amazing, and I was like, oh my god, this soundtrack is dynamic to a T. He knows how to really design dynamic soundtracks, too, because he did the music for Killer Instinct as well. Do you know how the music works in that game? Yes. Yeah, so he designed that kind of steady build-up to your combos and how ultra combos adjust the way that the sound kicks in and everything. I don't know if you've seen it, Christian, but mm-hmm. I'll have to show it to you because it's amazing. We need to just show you an ultra combo and you'll get it. Yeah, because at the end of the... It's like a fatality almost, but like the music kicks in and beats go up as you're fucking uppercutting somebody into the sky and it's incredible. It's it's somehow <laughs> like, a fatality awesome. that stunts on you even harder than a fatality yeah. does. Like imagine after a match somebody like you're on the ground like give me a microphone and they just fucking stand there and beat the shit out of you and also rap at the same time. It's real like, good. It's like the end of 8 Mile plus getting your ass kicked. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. It's amazing I'll have to show it to you sometime. But along with that he 
had like a huge part in implementing the different sounds you get in Doom and how different glory kills and different moods in the game and your speed would adjust how the music kicks in and how it flows during some combat or while you're doing a glory kill. And ooh, he's just a, a musical wizard. And I'm he knows so glad when he's to back. go like into electronic music also and mm-hmm. like the metal stuff. And even when it's electronic, it just sounds heavy and like hard hitting. And I love yeah. it so much. Yeah, that soundtrack hits like a sledgehammer. And it's, we're only watching, this is, I don't know where we are. Are we in beta right now looking at this? Yeah, this is coming out in 2019. We're so still in beta. It looks as good, if not a little bit better than Doom 2016. Yeah. Can you imagine what it's going to look like in 2019? Refined and yeah, amazing. Oh it's going to look crazy. So it, I, we forgot to mention that it was announced. It was shown at QuakeCon. The Doom Twitter was just putting a date, and people were losing their marbles while just looking at that date, waiting for it to creep up. Mm-hmm. Press conference is about a half hour. We got a little story snippet that was by far the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen out of Doom. Oh, yeah. The Doom Phobos Slayer <laughs> walks into a UAC facility, and there's living people in it. For the first time ever. And they look living people. <laughs> at the Doom Slayer. And if you've ever like seen what the concept art of the Doom Slayer looks like, he is muscle-packed into a suit poorly. Mm-hmm. Master Chief that couldn't fit. And Jesus mm-hmm. looks better. Suits all studded out with this weird kind of thorns on it. Predator arm, shoulder cannon. Ooh. He walks in and people shit themselves. Like, they look at him and his are terrified. Like, near the end of this segment, there's, like, this dude with a key card around his neck. Like, it should be instead of, like, in his desecrated hand halfway across the mm-hmm. map. You know what? That guy's doing his job. Nine to five every day coming in. He very gently takes the key card on this man's neck, drags him to the key card <laughs> reader, scans it, lets him go walks through he sees two security guards the security one security guard goes you're not allowed in here <laughs> he walks up to the man he gently places his arm on his plasma cannon takes it from him and walks through the exit <laughs> it was so good oh my god so gentle i've never seen more big dick energy in my entire life. That's something you never expected to see, too, is, like, real-ass living people in the Doom game either. And, like, I saw it, I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> like, who are these strangers in my house? What are they doing here? <laughs> and it's, like, something I never wanted, but I'm glad that it's here. And, like, I just hope that we get more interaction like that of just Doom guy with, as you said, big dick energy walking <laughs> around everywhere. Because it's not like he already doesn't just exude it from just murdering demons and shit. And barely be around regular people is just good enough. Tell the people what you said at the house about about the alarm system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so after he takes the plasma cannon uh, while they're doing this kind of setting on Phobos and goes down the elevator to start messing up demons, he enters that whole kind of area and they... The loudspeaker goes like, warning, Slayer has entered the zone. Like, they're talking about <laughs> him. And he goes through and starts just destroying demons. And, like, halfway through that gameplay, it starts up and it goes like, Slayer uh, threat level at maximum level. Like, they're fucking watching you and warning the demons about you. <laughs> they're warning all the, like, other Marines on there, like, get the fuck like, out of his guys, way because he move. will end you to end the demons. Like, like, oh, my God. It's incredible. Like, that game has... They know exactly what they are, and they're just fucking on point with every section of it. I think, like, my favorite part of the environment so far is when you're in the actual city, and you hear, like, little speakers that are like, um, don't call demons demons, call them the mortally impaired. (laughs) And, like, it just shows the world, like, they were trying 
to work with the demons and obviously that didn't work out shit's yeah. fucked and like <laughs> what told you that the environment they give off is amazing too like when you walk out in that first gameplay and the loudspeaker is like you may have noticed a change to the environment and you look up and it's just cthulhu skies and like just the new gods are coming down and destroying everything and he just goes, this is all part of the plan. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay, we're here now. It looks like Hellraiser. Literally, yeah. it's like this urban environment that has been taken over by flesh. Like, the centerpiece of this area is a building that has been overtaken by a gigantic demonic skull. There's, yeah. like, teeth coming out everywhere and stuff. It looks so good. Actually, you know what it looks like? Do you what? remember that fucking cutaway to post-apocalyptic stuff in Hellboy? Oh, yes. yeah. It looks a lot like that. Uh-huh. That looks really good. Sorry, it just popped in my head. Yeah. No, completely fine. Like, this game looks like a heavy metal album cover even more than the last game did, and that is mm-hmm. exactly what we're going for here. What about the Gatling shotgun? Because I'm oh real God. excited <laughs> okay, for that. Okay. Do you remember Terry Crews in the Expendables 3 with the auto shotgun? The AA-12. Take that and multiply it by 13. Mm, it is God. literally a Gatling gun shotgun. And if that doesn't say massive dick energy i don't know what else does the best part about that gun is how it capitalizes on the new uh kind of enemy mechanic they're throwing in destructible demons did you notice that while you were watching when they blow apart all nice yeah so the demons will still run around and like try to attack you as you're blowing them apart and pieces of their flesh and body will start to rip apart and you'll see like parts of their skull or their chest mm-hmm. just kind of all that over was the almost place. a little too much i remember him blowing the oh. face off of a hell knight and i was just like Christ. and it was still coming after yeah. you yeah. can't say too much in doom Fair this, enough. It's no. not possible. Like, that got a little bit close to my sensitivity seeing his skull poking through. Yeah. And again, that's a demon. That's Trying a to demon. People. Probably killed five people right before that. And I really love the redesigns on all the uh, the possessed marines and the zombies. Mm-hmm. They look like threats now instead of dudes with kind of messed up looking faces. They look yeah. possessed now. And, and the, spooky. the new enemies in there as well. The um, the pain elemental, the mancubus with arms. Ooh. The one that mm-hmm. he had the glory kill where he jumps on him and shoves his, like... He has a a blade fist now, too. The glory kills, a lot of them are just using that to cut things up. I remember Mm -hmm. he took one, he stabbed a possessed in the chest, brought it up, and his head just split open. It was great. So sharp. Mm -hmm. So good. Uh, Another big feature is, as Bailey said earlier, there's a a shoulder cannon Mm -hmm. that can be used as a grenade launcher. And I like that change because I don't imagine the Doom Slayer running around with grenades. I feel like he doesn't have time for that. It just Mm -hmm. comes out of his shoulder. Or a flamethrower. Just, that was my favorite part when he shoots the flamethrower and like 10 enemies are just burning. Yeah. Like it just deals with a huge problem in front of you. It's so good. Everything they did about it. And his there's design. like a bunch of nice upgrades too. Like they showed off one where if you do a glory kill, your next melee hit is a super punch. Yeah. Ooh, and you yes. just like blow people up with a punch and just more interactive stuff like that makes me excited. They made the melee look way more kind of visceral too. Like when he's mm-hmm. punching people instead of just like the butt of a gun, it's just a fist coming down and it has <laughs> yeah. it sounds like it has way more impact to it and like the demons kind of recoil a little bit more. Oh my god. Everything this game is going that. to be the game of the year 2019. I'm sorry every other game that year. I don't care if it's Pokemon. It's going to be my game mm-hmm. of the year. I don't care if it's SMT. It's going to be my game of the year. Also, are we all going to get this game? Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm invading your guys' games as a demon. Oh, That's yeah, a mechanic, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming in there. I'm trying to mess you guys up as like a Mancubus or something. I'm going to come for you. You can enter somebody else's game as a demon and just fuck shit up Mm -hmm. and be annoying. And it sounds great. It sounds like a great way to mess with your friends. 
I'm fucking super excited for that. Are we all excited about this game? I think we oh, might fuck be. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and the fucking the big sword. The, the yes. Phone? Is this my phone? Yeah, it's yours. Oh, my God. Who is? Sorry. Doom can't handle this. Is that your girlfriend, baby? It is my lady. Oh, answer it, bro. Answer it? No. Are you? <laughs> I'm like, idiot. No. You didn't oh. silence your phone before you entered the movie? No, people don't usually call me. I'm not very popular, so. Oh. Yeah, thanks for reminding People me. People usually call oh. me. They say I they, they, my credit card Leoka. that I don't have it. Doom is really good, though. And, uh... <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I was going to make a joke at my expense, but then you had to be a dick. So <laughs> we're moving right into Smash. Because <laughs> you're a penis and you don't have good manners. Sorry? No, you're not. I look at. I live with you. I know you. I've known you for th- almost three years. I can see your face and know when you're sorry. You're not sorry. 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 Smash had a direct. Let's talk about that. A lot of big numbers in Smash these days. Shovel Knight's not a playable character, and we'll I'm upset. We'll get to that. We will get to that. <laughs> so, First and foremost, Castlevania. So we open the direct on this big horrifying castle, and poor little Luigi is trying his best to clear it of ghosts. And he is not doing a good job. And all of a sudden, Death himself, from on high, takes his scythe and removes Luigi's immortal soul from his body. And then Simon fucking Belmont whips Death in the face with a spiked whip. And we cut to gameplay, and I lost my entire mind in that moment. All my marbles were gone. They're all over the place. I was freaking the fuck out. Mm -hmm. He has all of his classic moves. He has that, I forget what game that's from, but he has that like sidekicky thing uh, where he just lunges forward with a boot. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has his holy water. He has his crosses. He uses the knife, I think, for a down throw or something. The axe. He has that too. The axe is up special, I think. It's just all sorts of Castlevania. He can use the whip in eight directions. Mm -hmm. Just throw it around. He's like perfect for Smash. His his run in is just the whip being in figure eights around him, and he's just tearing shit up. He looks amazing, and I've been waiting for Simon Belmont for all of Smash. Echo Fighters, we have Richter Belmont. He he's looks right. slightly different. Richter was in uh, Rondo of Blood and the mm-hmm. beginning of uh, ooh, Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one that has that famous line of "Die, monster! You don't belong here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a little that great was voice close. acting. Thank yeah. you. It was good. It's supposed to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> we have Richter as an Echo character. We got three other Echo characters announced. If I'm not, yeah, Dark Samus. We got Crom, and was no, that was the one? other. There were only three. It was Richter, Crom, and Dark Samus. Yeah, so I was kind of half right. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people were looking forward to them. People were complaining about Crom not being in Smash Four. He's in it now. Don't ask me mm-hmm. for anything ever again. Krom is an interesting one, though, because he's like an echo fighter of Roy, Marth, and Ike. Like, he has all of their stuff. He's just all of Smash Boys. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little weird. He is the hmm. Super Smash Bro. <laughs> but people are also kind of mad at that because they're like, do do we not have enough Fire Emblem characters in this game? Can we no. have more? Can we just throw in everybody? Like, what are there now, seven? Something like that. Yeah. What is it? Lucina, Marth. Roy, Ike, Crom, that uh, the person fucking mage lady, Robin, Robin, Corin, Corin. So that's we're at seven. seven. Yeah, there's seven of them wow. in the game. 
But we also have like 93 trillion Pokemon, so I really don't honestly care. How many Pokemon are there? We yeah, got Jigglypuff, Squirtle, Venusaur, I don't know, uh, Ivysaur, Charizard, Jigglypuff, Mewtwo, Pichu, Lucario. Lucario. Anybody else I'm missing? Probably. Crom. Crom. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, we just got a bunch of numbers thrown at us that blew everybody on the internet's mind. Yeah. 34 tracks just for the Castlevania stage. How many tracks Ooh. are there in the game? In Bailey? the game? There are 800 plus tracks in the game. There's 28 hours of music to listen to in this game. And you can wow. literally just take it, make a playlist, pop your headphones in, put your Switch on sleep mode, throw it in your bag, and start listening to different game soundtracks. That's mm-hmm. cool. You know what the number one like game sound that matters, though? The game track that is the most important? Hmm. One Up Girl. That is yes. in the game. There are new stages. How many stages are there, Bailey? 103. 103 stages. There's a new mechanic where you can switch stages mid-match. There's only two, but it switches halfway through the match into another entire stage. It preloads all of that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And you can play whatever track you want on any stage, regardless of the franchise. So you know what? One up, girl. All stages. Uh-huh. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Another thing customization with those sort of things you can customize it so where it's like okay with this map that falls into this franchise it is organized by franchise now so if you want to do like hyrule castle and you you can optimize which tracks play how often Mm -hmm. it's insane the level of granularity of customization that sakurai is giving us you can make your own modes with its own times and stocks there's a new mechanic where it's like instead of smashing the smash ball, which is bullshit, mm-hmm. you get to build up a smash bar that does less when you do your ultimate smash, but it's a bar now, like in a real meter. fighting game. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, 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 there's one more thing at the very end of the announcement. King K. Rool. King K. Rool's in the game. People have been asking for King K. Rool. He has a belly parry. He has all sorts of crazy armor on a bunch of his special moves. He's a heavy boy. He's heavy, and I love him. And if he's better than Bowser, I might be switching mains because I love my big crocodile man. We will see. I love his intro. Like, yeah, a little short, too. Smacks the shit out of DDD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. People he are also saying that great. DDD's dead now, too. Probably. That was <laughs> Luigi, a good hit. Mario, Mega Man. Mega Man. Everybody's dying. A lot of murder in these games. <laughs> Ask me for nothing. Mm-hmm. There's how many new assist trophies? I didn't even get count. But There's some new Pokemon. New assist New Pokemon, trophies. but for the assist trophies, a uh, moment of silence for all the characters I got while luigi So um, Zero, Knuckles, Overnight. Crystal. Shovel Knight, Gray Fox, and uh, not like a Waluigi moment, but Rathalos is cool. Rathalos is a boss character now, Slash which means that there's trophy. also a Monster Hunter stage, mm-hmm. which yeah. is crazy as shit. Ask me for nothing ever again. If the Monster Hunter is in this game, I will lose 30 pounds and my complexion will be glowing. <laughs> what? <laughs> It will fucking it will it will water my crops. It will cure cancer. I wouldn't be surprised. It was it was in in VCI. Yeah. So. So I am so stogied for the new Smash game. When does this Stogie. come out? 
October December eighteenth, I believe. December eighteenth or December seventh. One of those dates. We can look it up. One of those dates in December, Christmas time. So there's enough time for another direct too, if they really want. Oh to. yeah, they're going to. He said they're going to debut every character's design before the game comes out. Ooh. We have yeah. so many, ca- and there's another option where you can just have the the Echo characters in the same box. December seventh. December seventh. Lucky seven. Ooh. Look at that. I already have it pre-ordered. I think I have five on it right now. <laughs> She's good. Ooh. Uh, you can have the Echo characters as their own position, or you can have them occupy the same space, and you just press a button to access them. Yeah, like them. switching a costume, almost. Oh, that's hella cool. Yeah. And characters have a bunch of different dynamic costumes, and everything is good. And you have to imagine, all these Echo characters have eight colors. The this m- is going to be the greatest move. Super the menu Smash screen is going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. It is. They already showed the stages, like, the select screen, and I'd imagine that on RTV, it's going to be hard to see all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we're just going to be guessing half the time. Like, I guess we're doing this stage now. Go to the top left. Pick whatever's up there. Like, just press random and then press the characters uh, Omega. Select. Just random and yeah. Omega. We're doing it. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many characters. It I is... am so... I think this will be, Oof. like, the Smash to really get me into Smash. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so ready. I want to play Simon Belmont so bad. And, like, people freaked out when you were able to play, like, Smash on the handheld on a 3DS. I know I was one of those people. Can you imagine playing it in, like, actual resolution? <laughs> it's going to be spectacular. We're going to have to get, like, either a Pro Controller or another set of Joy-Cons. We're going to need to get a bigger TV yeah. is what we need. My TV works, but it's not going to be good enough. Because you and I have Joy-Cons, but we need to get a Pro Controller. Oh, then, yeah, too. we need a Pro Controller. Or one There's of those wired a, ones, too. a GameCube adapter, right? Yeah. There's going to... Oh, this yeah, has then everything. we're good. It has yeah. every character, every controller um, option, configuration you can Yeah, because there's of. that pre-order edition where you can get it with, like, the GameCube controller and all that stuff. Oh, oh this going to be so good. I'm ready. I'm pumped. Also, I, I'm stogied for a Smash game that has bloody tears in it. That's too much for my and heart. And 33 other tracks that are amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. God damn. Castlevania has a good-ass soundtrack. Mm. <sighs> I think the last thing they need to release is just, like, the single-player stuff. Yeah, if they put, like, what's that single player from Brawl? Uh, Subspace Emissary? Yeah, if they put Subspace Emissary, I, it's, I'm never going to not play that game. That's what a lot of people thought the Castlevania stage was. They're like, they're showing a lot of stuff right now, and it looks like... Oh, the like... Castlevania stage has a bunch of bosses from Castlevania 1 and then Kid Dracula. Yeah, they just kind of show up. Kid Dracula's in that game. Kid Dracula's from an obscure Game Boy game from the 90s, and he's, he's in. in this video game. He's there. What the fuck, man? The the level of fucking pettiness that they're getting to to make Sakurai so that he can get into his coffin and rest <laughs> is insane. It would blow my mind if they released another Smash after yeah, this. Yeah, don't expect another Smash, at least not for a long time. Yeah, until somebody else goes like, I think I can do it. Like... Nobody else is I going think, to I think, or to. they're just going to keep remastering this one <laughs> for the you new You pretty much could just add different characters and stages, and you'd be fine. The file size yeah. would get ridiculous. That's but... pretty much what they need to do at this point. Just like, uh, what characters do you want? We're going to put it in this one. It's and just DLC. We're just going to put it, it on everything. a different console. Fuck yeah, you. That's pretty much it. I'm so I'm down. for this video. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Street Fighter Edition, Third Strike. Super Turbo featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series of video games. I wouldn't be that surprised would be at cool. this point. I would be so happy. <laughs> My God. Oh, four of his alt costumes Give are Dante. Give me the Doom Slayer on <laughs> Smash. Put Goku I want to rip Smash. someone in half. 
Don't even make jokes about Goku, dude. At this point, like... <laughs> it's a possibility now that he, Bandai Namco is involved. I would, again, not be surprised. Like, if Goku just showed up and he's like, I'm here, Kamehameha, and just <laughs> murdered somebody else, like somebody else is just going to get blown away. Can you say that one more time? Kamehameha. 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 Sick. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Uh, speaking of Dragon Ball... Uh, Evo happened recently. We're just going to mention this very quickly because none of us really followed Evo very quickly, very yes. closely. I'm just kind of waiting till Maximilian says, here's the top 10 moments of Evo 2018. And I'll be like, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echo Fox won what is now the most widely popular Evo game of all time, which is Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Sonic Fox. Sonic Fox won with a team of, I think it was Android 16. Cell. Se- no, was it Cell? I think Cell was on the yeah. other team. I can look it up. Keep talking. But he won, and he posted this immediately after. He says, I'm gay. Also the best DBFZ player on this fucking planet. Don't forget it. I watched him and Koichi's entire set. It was a half hour long. I'm gonna. I'm not going to lie. Koichi was amazing. There was this point where he was just dodging mix-ups for a solid 20 seconds back and forth. Like, this man is unto a god of mm-hmm. Dragon Ball, and I respect it. Just a solid. There's a lot of passion going on right now. There is. I also love during that whole evil thing whenever Cell would come up, the whole you guys skip like ten minutes in, bro. I know. (laughs) I mean, okay, there's fighting. Sonic Fox. Oh my god, he doesn't have his hat on. Yeah, (gasps) he's taking this shit serious. Dude, unleashed. (laughs) Oh yeah, he's playing Bardock. Bardock, uh, Zamasu, and Android 16. Yeah, his Zamasu got bodied pretty much every single time, but his Bardock and 16 yeah. put so much work. From what it looks like, his Zamasu is getting destroyed as you speak. <laughs> I'm watching yeah, what's the video Koichi right playing now. right now? Koichi is playing um, also a Bardock cell, and it looks like Super Saiyan Vegeta. Yeah, Ooh. that was crazy. Those yes. were some real good matches. And just by the nature of how Dragon Ball Fighter Z is, it's going to be nuts. Like, that's a 30-minute video I can stand to watch. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. God, Super Saiyan Vegeta's assist is so good. Yeah, it, it, like, like you said on episode one, it just holds you in place for a second. It just... Oh. Stop Dang. watching the video we got to talk Sorry, about. Sorry, I'm just... Where are we so at high level. in time? <laughs> An hour and 20 minutes. Are you Holy kidding me? Shit. We're going to keep going. Real. We have too much to talk about. All right. What do you want to talk about next? Podcasts, my guy. My bro? We're going to talk about podcasts that aren't ours. Uh, Christian, what po- what shirt are you wearing right now? Oh, shit, dude. I forgot. Dude, oh, my out. God. Whoa. Name it. Name it. Name it. Um, I'm wearing a Welcome to Macintosh shirt right now. Um, it's pretty rad. It's literally just the logo on a gray tee, and it looks actually yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it looks like the original Macintosh with a screen that's the six colors. From the original Apple logo. Most of the podcasts that I listen to are very Apple-centric. Like, they just have conversations about the news that's going on in Apple or just talking about that. Do you just so, want to do what we do with music? Like, you, Bailey, me. Sure. Let's do Go. Go All ahead. Right. Keep do telling me about your favorite podcast. I will say my podcast player of choice is Overcast. Oh, yeah. Um, only on iOS, not on any other platform, so that sucks. I think be, if you're going to be on Android, you can try Pocket Cast. I'm going to be real upset when I switch to a Galaxy and I don't have Overcast. It's that good of an app. Yeah, I'm going to be real upset when we have to mess up all of our group chats. Dude, I, I just, I'll think about it. <laughs> Do what you want, man. So some of the podcasts I listen to are the Accidental Tech Podcast, which is 
an Apple focused podcast. Um, it's one of my favorites because it's, they go a little more technical because all three of them are developers. Mm-hmm. So they'll go into more of the technical side of what's going on in the Apple community. It took me a while to get into it because, like, my brain couldn't comprehend what they were talking about. But now that I've listened a couple episodes, I understand. Are you starting to get the techno babble? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, and then I listen to a lot of podcasts under the Relay FM um, podcast network. Some of them are called, like, Upgrade, Connected, um, Remaster, Analog. They're all, like, Apple and tech-focused podcasts. They just kind of talk about the news in technology or Apple. Um, so I won't cover all of them because they're all kind of like the same style. I would say standouts are I Love Connected. That's probably my favorite podcast. It's hoped, hosted by Stephen Hackett, Federico Vitici, and Mike Hurley. Uh, they just have a really good chemistry together, and I love the way that they talk about everything together. Mike and Federico really love the iPad and use that as their daily computer, and Stephen uses the Mac for his daily computer, so they always make jokes about him being old. Because he's just using a Macintosh, and I love it. Um, Other than that, one of my other favorite podcasts people should listen to is called Ungeniused. It's also a Relay podcast, and it's Mike Hurley and Stephen Hackett doing a a scripted podcast. Each episode's about 10 to 20 minutes, and they just deep dive into a Wikipedia article and make a story out of it, kind of. I like that. Which is really cool. A lot. Remind me of that in the car so I can sub to it, because I've got my podcasts open right now. Yes. Um... I would also say you could check out Playing for Fun, another Relay podcast. They talk about video games, but they only talk about what they like about video games, which I really like that. It's just very wholesome and fun to listen to. And then the Nintendo Power podcast is really good, too. That one's actually hosted by people at Nintendo talking about Nintendo, which But is does cool. it feel like Nintendo propaganda, or does it feel like something that's, like, genuine? There's a little mix of both. Like, some okay. of it feels a little bit like, okay, you're hyping this up too much, but also, like, there's a genuine feel by the host, like, like their kids working for their favorite company in the world. And, like, I really like that feel they give. And they talk to developers who make other games that are on the Switch. So they talk to the developers of Overcooked 2 Ooh. and... All those types of I've people. I've been eyeballing Overlooked too real hard. Yeah. So those are some to check out. What about you, Bailey? What podcasts do you listen to? Um, I just kind of keep it to I, – I don't listen to as much as I used to. Uh, right now, I usually just listen to the H3 podcast, which is great. I love Etha. Etha. She was Etha. trying to say Hila. That sounds like their e- ship name. Hila <laughs> and Ethan. Etha. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're both really funny people on their own, and then, like, they always have – interesting guests on that are they kind of keep the conversation going with them and it it's a good way to stay connected with like internet culture and uh they're just funny people in general yeah, like recently my, i think they had bo burnham on yeah they had bo burnham on um they're gonna have burt kreischer Ooh. on soon uh, another funny comedian and they've had a uh, funny comedians on in the past like uh, chris delia and uh tom segura and yeah they're just a really fun podcast to listen to and i usually listen to them on youtube because really post most of their stuff yeah, my only problem with their podcast is that they, I wish they kind of edit out the um, the goof of the day segment because they're analyzing a video, mm-hmm. and I can't see that shit when I'm at work and it's in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. They're uh, usually when I listen to podcasts, I'm in like kind of a sedentary position, so I'm just like either playing like Gungeon or doing something else, and it's like off to the side, so I can always like peek at it and see what they're talking about. So that is one kind of downfall. Um, it is a somewhat visual podcast, but it's also fun to listen to in some portions as well. Uh, also, 
I, I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast, which is, I think, like, <laughs> did we, I, just, I, I was going to ignore that. I'm really sorry. So somebody just came in, like, peeked in, then really just closed the door as gentle as possible. But then they didn't close it all the way, so she had to push it out and yeah. pull it back in again a little bit harder, and then I lost it. I lost it. Like, I, I was remember looking at I, you like, I'm powering through this, dude. I'm not even going to acknowledge. <laughs> dude, I can't do that. Like, I remember one time I was in the middle of class, and I heard this guy singing really, really bad Panic at the Disco way out in the courtyard. And the, we had the windows open so I could just hear him. And we're in the middle of this really, like, tense discussion on race in oh, literature no. in our class. Oh, no. I think it was something like disgrace by yeah you you've heard about disgrace then yeah <laughs> so we had that outside your window <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're this is a really intense book about apartheid yeah and our, our professor he's po-faced and very serious oh my god and i hear this kid fucking singing panic at the disco and <laughs> please tell me you didn't make a scene. I laughed. I cracked. And he's like, is there a reason why you're laughing right now, Isaiah? And I go, I'm sorry, professor. There's a guy singing really badly outside. And there's a girl right next to me. And God bless her soul. She goes, he, it really is quite bad. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to take a minute just like, because he heard it too. And he was like. <laughs> oh. That's what needs to calm down apartheid apparently. Just oh, bad God. the disco. <laughs> Shit. If you ever feel like having a bad time, read Disgrace by what is Coatsy. I don't remember. If you want to feel bad. <laughs> if you want to feel bad. Keep going with your podcast. Uh, Sorry about the diversion. I, I forgot what I was talking about. You were talking about the H3 podcast and Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, HD podcast, comedy podcast. They have a really good uh, guest list that they add on there. Also, somebody with a great guest list is Joe Rogan. The uh, Joe Rogan podcast is very, um, I'd say, diverse. He has a huge amount of different guests on there. Um, Joe Rogan himself, a celebrity uh, comedian for about 20 years, I'd say, and uh, kind of weathered in that uh, environment. And I'm a huge fan of comedy, so I appreciate that, just him himself. And then he has a huge like variety of uh, guests on his show, like comics, uh, movie celebrities, neuroscientists, philosophers, psychologists, sociologists, and... Um, a lot of good guests. And, and didn't he have Alex Jones on there once? He did, yeah. Oof. A lot of guests on there. Um, what I appreciate the most about that show is that he gets a lot of different viewpoints. And um, even though he is skewed in what he says, the different viewpoints he brings on are kind of all over the place. So you kind of never feel like what he's bringing on to the show is biased. In a way, it's obviously something that he was interested in, so he brings it in. But it's always a huge variety of stuff. Yeah. And then another podcast that I don't listen to anymore because I stopped uploading, but it's continually hilarious and it's timeless because you can listen to it whenever, is the Sleepy Cabin podcast. Oh, God bless them. They stopped uploading? They stopped uh, uploading. They, oh, rest in peace. Yeah, they were on a hiatus and they did one episode. And now they're just like, yeah, whenever we're all together, I guess. So, um, Sleepy Cabin. Oh, it's not going to happen yeah, again. It's really hard to get them all together. But it's basically like an amalgam of a bunch of different um, internet animators that mm -hmm. are from, like, Newgrounds and from, like, the really early days of yeah, YouTube animation. And they're all super funny. They have people like Oni and G, Psychic Pebbles, Topher. Um, Spaz Kid, Topher, uh, Rice Pirate. Like, all of them are on there. Like, kind of the uh, Egoraptor-esque age yeah. of animation and everything. And they're super hilarious. They never really have topics. And their podcast is kind of go off, and they're <laughs> super funny. And there's, like, 50 episodes 
other podcasts, and they're like an hour to two hours long, all of them. They're all well, really, they had a good run, though. Really good. Yeah, they had a good run. It was hilarious for like, uh, they did it for about two years. My <laughs> favorite one is where uh, they, they have this, this series of talk, like topics about pooping. Yes. And it's like, you ever get like marker poops where it's like you wipe your butt and there's like nothing there on your butt, but you're like, there's still stuff on the toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> there's another one where it's like the ghost pooper, the story of the ghost oh, pooper. Oh, the phantom shitter. The phantom <laughs> shitter. Yeah, it was a story about like when they had a roommate and somebody kept pooping in the toilet and not flushing it. <laughs> oh. And like it was this new guy who came in and there was already pre-established people in the home. She's like, it wouldn't be him. He's new. He wouldn't phantom <laughs> shit in the toilet. <laughs> and they, it just goes on for like weeks and they probably finally approach him like, hey man, do you like uh, not flush? And he's like, oh yeah, I just shit in the toilet and take a shower and I leave. <laughs> what the fuck? And that, that's like just like a 10 minute segment on their show. Like it's it it shows all over the place. I like how both of us took on the cadence of our particular animator when we were telling the stories. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah, and the that was Johnny Utah who tells that story. Johnny Utah's fucking Johnny hilarious. Johnny Utah's hilarious. Oh and um Stamper is on Stamper's there too. Stamper's great. A bunch of just really funny animators. Uh great podcast. Makes me laugh to this day when I listen <laughs> to an episode. You so. can you can re-listen to episodes and it'll feel like not a beat has passed, not a moment has changed. It is so fucking funny. Yeah. Oh. Everything about that podcast is great. Anything else from you, Bailey? No. Okay, fantastic. Whew. I'm just getting over how funny that shit was. It is. Uh, I'm going to name a selection. I listen to quite a few podcasts because, again, I need to pass time at work. Uh, I'm going to go into... I really like the Radiotopia channel. I guess it would be called the Umbrella of Podcasts Station. Mm-hmm. Uh, their biggest one is 99% Invisible with Roman Mars. That one's good. Uh, he has a wonderful, wonderful voice. Uh, it takes on that kind of um, This American Life sort of feel where it's interviews and uh, just education about the little design elements in the world that you don't notice, which is why it's called 99% Invisible. It's those things that kind of just blend into the background and the stories behind them and what the, how inconvenient the world was before that happened, which I love. Um Another great one from Radiotopia is Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a lot of great miniseries that you can jump into now. Uh, There's one about uh, fake stuff, (laughs) which is there's pseudoscience, there's fake news, there's fake crowds. People can actually hire fake crowds to attend things. Mm -hmm. Like, those are companies. I didn't know about that. Uh, There there was... um, the the fake nudes debacle what what were those what were those called that Reddit thing where it was like there was an algorithm that takes people's faces and it matches them onto porn stars and puts their oh, faces yeah. onto those porn stars it's incredible technology but it's crazy terrifying mm-hmm. yeah. they did a thing where like I think uh, Jordan Peele imitated Obama and it was yep. like mm-hmm. spot on yeah it's, and you couldn't even like discriminate between both of them and in the older ones you can tell that the program is working out the kinks but in the newer ones it looks real you can't even tell. Uh, but I forget. Deep fakes is what those are called, I think. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoins is another big one. Uh, there's another one. There's another subseries about utopias and the different utopian, like, things around the United States. Yeah. Like, these these kind of um, idyllic eco places where they're self-sustaining. It's really fascinating because they get in there and they get those interviews and they talk to these people. And it starts off on a really light note, which I love, and it kind of just gets darker from there. Mm-hmm. Of this dude that has like it was, it's like he <laughs> he bases his entire society off of Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged when he's never read Atlas Shrugged. 
And um, there, there's a lot of weird episodes like Cthulhu Con, where it's like this article about why H.P. Lovecraft was such an influential author. And the framing device is he had a dream about getting an invitation to this thing called Cthulhu Con. And he goes out to, I think it's Connecticut or wherever, H.P. Lovecraft passed away and starts asking around about it and talking to the locals. And it's weird, but I love that episode the most. Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of episodes like that where it's kind of, sometimes it's very hyper-focused on a really depressing topic at times. And other times it's weird stream of conscious radio, and I love it so much. So Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything. Book Fight with Mike Ingram and Tom McAllister. Love those guys. They pick a book every uh, two weeks, read through it, talk about it for an hour and a half. Usually goes into tangents about what flavors of Pop-Tart are good or Raccoon News. Raccoon News, okay. Raccoon News is the news involving raccoons, like a raccoon climbing an entire building. Oh. Because raccoons are scary and they have little hands. They're cool. Does that mean that (laughs) since they have, like, little hands... If I had big hands, could I do it twice as quick? Like climb up. If you were a raccoon, big. Are we talking? Okay, okay, we're gonna get into this. Okay, so are we talking? If Jawas were raccoons, (laughs) (laughs) that I think Jawas are raccoons. They're just (laughs) raccoons. Okay, so raccoons put on a hood and just kind of wing it for whatever, for wherever. Like they're just Jawas. That's Jawas. So if I put, if I got a pet raccoon and I put a hood on it. So here's what I think Guardians of the Galaxy three is going to be. We're gonna go on. We're gonna crash on a derelict planet, and we're because Disney owns. Um, Star Wars now. Yeah, they own everything. Now. And yeah. Fox. Yeah. Wait, did that go through? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> they don't own Fox News, but well, they yeah. just had to sell off all of the sports. Disney stuff. Channel is Big Brother now. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they're going to go on this derelict planet. It's going to be a sand planet. And Rocket Raccoon's going to get out. And he's going to start aiming his gun at things. And he's going to be saying things. And in, in, I forget which Chris he is, what his voice actor is. Pratt. No. No. Evans. No. No. Hemsworth. No. Uh, it's not a Chris. It is a Chris. No, it's not. I think it's, it's a Chris. It's that dude from The Hangover. I think it's Is he, isn't he a Chris? Yeah, it's the dude from The Hangover and Silver Linings Playbook. He's handsome. Good I think he's a Chris, too. He's like the forgotten Chris. Chris Bradley Jenner. Cooper. Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> All Bradleys are forgotten Chris's. <laughs> Chris, you have a clone named Bradley. Somewhere. God, I just, he's, his name is Chris. I can feel it. Ugh. <laughs> God, Chris! I just in the ether. I can pull it. So, <laughs> so raccoons. He's pointing his gun around, and there's a Jawa, and he just puts his hands up like he's surrendering. And he puts his hand on his hood, and he pulls it back, and it's another raccoon. And he looks at him, and he grabs his hand. And he goes, "Hoodie, <laughs> <laughs> <I fucking hate you. laughs> And raccoon starts tearing up, and he goes, "Hoodie, <laughs> <laughs> no." Oh my god! That's gonna be the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie because they fired James Gunn. Oh my god! Oh, I'm bringing it in there. Bring in that stank. That's political. We're not talking about it. I think maybe we should talk about it. I think he maybe. made jokes that weren't in bad taste. Well, they that were. were in they bad were taste. bad taste. Very bad taste. They were in bad taste, but they were jokes almost ten years ago. Different man now. Everybody who knows him. And says. now basically everyone from the Guardians cast is like, I'm not going to do the movie if we don't do- use his script. Yeah. yeah, they're using a script. They want him back as director, really. Yeah, they do. That's all they but want. Disney's. Probably not going to hire him back, but I heard Marvel's trying to talk to Disney to hire him back. Let's hope because James Gunn is like half of why that movie is good. Yeah, yeah. no, his personality is too. oozing through that movie. I knew he's so good. He deserves it. 
Uh, so the moral of that story very quickly because it's a big topic and I want to condense it into about 30 seconds. Let people change, motherfuckers. Yeah. Stop going through people's internet history and pulling shit out from 10 years ago and saying this is who they are now because people change, motherfuckers. And if people are trying to be better people, let them be better people. Yeah. What were you talking about? I was talking Raccoons. about podcasts. And then we got on a topic about Chris's and then we got on a talk- topic about Jawas going Houdini. <laughs> Other than that, listen to The Dollop with Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds, which is a fucking hilarious podcast where one of them brings in a historical topic and the other one riffs on it. They are both comedians, and they have a two-parter on Donald Trump that is absolutely horrifying and very, very funny. Huh. That's what comedy should be. Family Ghosts with Sam Dingman on Panoply. I forget which one that is. Dingman? Uh, Dingman, yeah. Cool is a really good one about the secrets uh, within families. I feel like we all have deep, dark secrets in our families that we don't quite talk about, but we sometimes hear about in family reunions. Alcoholism. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but one of them was like a schizophrenic brother who died in a, when the house mysteriously burned down, and the, the, the girl that's telling the story kind of blames her mom because she doesn't know and her mom was acting weird but they don't know because her mom's dead mm. nobody knows that's nice and it's just that kind of hard-hitting really sad like the the last episode of the first season is um the the creator himself going into his family history and he finds out that his dad has a gay brother that killed himself and he oh. didn't know about that until like his 20s and it's like this really like, and then you learn that his dad cheated on his mom, and then we just dive into that, and it's really emotional, and I cried on the way home from work in my car. It was it was intense. Sounds kind of spooky. Uh, I also listened to Hello Internet with CPG Gray and Brett, Brady Heron. They're that both good. funny science people. They talk about funny science things and then also really depressing science things. So if you want to kind of get hit with the back and back on that one, it's two yeah. hours long and it's always sad, kind Do of. Inevitable heat death and shit like that? Yeah, sometimes like that and then also like spooky internet shit. Yeah. Spooky internet shit some, like gets me worse than heat death because heat death is 4.5 billion Google years from now. Spooky internet shit is now. It's forever. Yeah. Until heat death. <laughs> Until, heat, Until death. heat death. Yeah. I don't even own a television uh jay and chris collision they talk about bad books and it's funny cool uh i don't i only listen to the mountain goats which is also which is part of night vale presents night vale presents is another one of those big umbrellas that i love dearly let me guess he only listens to the mountain goats pretty much he, all right yeah cool. but he's talking with john darneal who is a mountain goat he is the mountain goat the only mountain goat Lone it's joseph mountain fink goat. is the podcast on a mountain no, it's usually in John's Surrounded basement. by goats. It's about a what? goat. Some things you do just to see how bad they'll make you feel. That made me feel really bad. That made me feel terrible. Next podcast. <laughs> uh, lore with Aaron Mankey. I'm pretty sure if you listen to podcasts, you listen to lore. No. If you don't. No, he... I don't. Really? No. Nope. He takes that? a subject, which is like American lore. And he deep dives into it for about 30 minutes. Ooh. Like weird, like urban legends, spooky ghost tales, creatures. Like I really like the creatures one the best because like pretty much you could boil down any ghost story in American history to people being bamboozled or huckstered. Mm -hmm. 
But everybody loves that that creepy pasta. Well, it is eighteen fifty nine, and tapping on a piece of wood can probably be like, ah, shit, there's ghosts in the room. That's a thing. There's a frogget outside. <laughs> what a frogget? A frogget. <laughs> What's a frogget? It's like a a beaver slash frog. Is this a California no. thing? Huh? <laughs> is this a California thing? Oh, you guys don't have froggets up here? <laughs> <laughs> is this from like no. Jay and Silent no. Bob Strike Back? What the Dude, fuck are you talking about? Froggets ruin the irrigation in California. That's why I run out of water. I'm going to beat this man to death. People think like, oh, it's just because, you know, like California's low down there. It's not getting the water to us. No, it's froggets. Persona 5 is Code Lyoko. Moving on. Here's froggets in Code Lyoko. <laughs> Next podcast. This, fu- this episode is going to be funny just for us. I yeah, feel everyone terrible else is things be like, about uh, this episode. We're running way too long. We're going off on long-ass tangents that nobody gives a shit about, but I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> the Moth. Uh, people tell stories around the United States. Uh, sometimes it's uh, people from different countries, and you get those different perspectives. I have had to hold back a lot of tears at work listening to this. It's pretty intense sometimes. Some of them are really funny. Some of them are really sad. Saddest one I ever listened to was... This he, this kid's remembering the best time of his life when he was a little boy. He's living with his dad in a shitty apartment. And he's talking about how his dad would go out and buy him action figures and shit. And he said, well, it was, a, it was an interesting time because uh, that was the year my mom died. Oh. And that's when the story turns and you figure out this is his father trying to make his, li- his son's life livable while dealing with the greatest, like the second greatest tragedy behind your kid dying. Mm-hmm. And how it was his grieving period and how he didn't know what corner of their tiny apartment he would go off to to probably grieve and cry because he never saw him doing that. Mm. Real intense shit. Next podcast. My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Best comedy podcast, hands down. Justin Griffin and Travis McElroy. They it is the advice show for the modern era, they call it. They take advice from their audience and Yahoo Answers. They answer it. And I cry laughing every single episode. <laughs> no Sleep Podcast, original horror stories uh, as audio dramas. It's great. If you've listened to an audio drama you will and like those, you will like the No Sleep Podcast. Overdue with Andrew Cunningham and Craig Getting. Um, they talk about good books, and they're really funny. <laughs> they have a very – they have almost a My Brother, My Brother, and Me dynamic with almost their cadence and their, their deliveries – and they read a wide range. And it, it feels like they're trying to break the uh, the traditional old dead white guy canon. Yeah. And go into a lot of interesting places. The, a lot of the, My favorite of their episodes is their 50 episode spectaculars when they go into the Fifty Shades series. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That's hot. Mm-hmm. Serial. Everybody listens to Serial. You don't listen to Serial? No. You, you... Make a lot of generalizations before well, doing most the research. people that listen to podcasts. Have I know, but to then you serial. say everybody. Well, where, do you, where do you get your yeah. facts? Statistics generally. Is it because you like it. Because it's a part of this American life. It's an offshoot of that. I don't listen What's to this American, American life either. What the fuck, dude? We don't. Work... It's the modern basis of like but podcast also, radio. Also, we don't work twelve-hour shifts in a place where you can listen to podcasts. Okay, fair enough. But this shit's on like public radio. This is NPR. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to public, public radio. radio. Thanks, dude. I'll, Jinx, you I'll, owe me a Coke. I'll get you a Coke. Can you get me one? Can we do like a two-way? Yeah, we'll do a switcheroo. I'll get myself one, a Coke, then you'll get yourself a Coke. Aww. Serial is a serialized story as an investigative reporter. Uh, the first one goes through a murder case, 
that was never really solved to any sort of satisfaction because there's a bunch of holes in it. That's a bummer. Dude's in prison. Lady's dead. We don't really have a strong anything. <laughs> it's a bummer. Second one is based off of the story of Bo Bergdahl, a guy that probably had mental issues that walked off of his uh, his army base to send a message and got captured and spent years as a POW while the entire United States military freaked the fuck out trying to find him. Damn. Really good season. Uh, sound of the story? Great Christian podcast. loves this one. Yeah. Uh, by David Callison. He's taking a hiatus off of this one, so it's a good opportunity to catch up on the 13 episodes, which is really sad that there's only 13. Deep dives into an album and doesn't just talk about, like, the album itself, like the instrumentals and the vocals and stuff, but he dives into just like how the album was made and what the lyrics mean and what the artists were going through while they were making it. My favorite episode, episode three, because it's my favorite album, admittedly, is uh, the Mountain Goat Sunset Tree album. But actually, I was meaning to tell you guys about that. I listened to that again, and I was like, this is just my favorite album now. Sick. Yeah. His podcast is basically like a biography of an album, almost. That's the best way I've heard that put. Thank you, Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, we got The Stoop with Hanna Baba and Layla Day. They talk about uh, black issues from the entire black diaspora and black culture, which I find really interesting because as uh, the whitest dude, uh, I don't really come into contact with that too often. So it's interesting to hear about that and be exposed to it. That's cool. This American yeah. Life with Ira Glass and his team, like, is amazing it's always amazing it, it, it deep dives into a topic like for example uh magic the magic show they talk to teller and they, he goes through the process of one of his routines and making it a thing and david blaine making the statue of liberty disappear was that david blaine somebody some fucking magician it's chris angel Stop. No. <laughs> Stop. Never forget, dude. And it's really interesting. The mind he goes freak. into his like, teenage magic career, and it's really good and personal, and I love that episode. Welcome to Night Vale. I'm pretty sure that most people have listened to Welcome to Night Vale or have at least heard of it if you're into podcasts, right? Heard of it. Chris mm -hmm. Bailey? I've heard of it. It is From a you. <laughs> serialized, uh, episodic <laughs> story that takes place in the small town of Night Vale. I think it's Arizona. <laughs> Uh, it's a weird little town where crazy shit happens, like dimensional portals that open into pterodactyls and in PTA meetings. Um, this horrifically corrupt government. Uh, just weird Cthulhu creatures that run the radio station. It's very, very funny. One of my favorite jokes in it ever was this picture. It was like he's describing a picture on a web page, and he says, it appears to be a picture of a broken spoon held against the throat of a Reese's monkey that says, better buy Tide. <laughs> Not a fan of that. I, I think like that it. is fucking hilarious. Oh. That is so funny to me. And then my last one, Writer Types with S.W. Ladd and Eric Beatner. It's pretty much just two dads making dad jokes about detective stories and like interviewing detective story writers, and I love it. That's awesome. Dad, Dad jokes forever. forever. Dad oh, jokes. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. I'll get you two cokes. <laughs> that oh. was crazy. Holy fuck. Ah, We're two for two awesome. on that one. Oh, that was great. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I like how all of our podcast listening habits are way different. Yours are, like, super diverse. 
I try to because to I, interviews. I to... need it to survive in my brain. Yeah, in your environment at work, like if you didn't have that many podcasts, I would probably just go insane. Because I'm going to run out of albums, and I'm getting yeah. scared of even my podcasts are like 300 episodes long in an hour. I've like divided up in my head like, okay, Welcome to Night Vale has 108 episodes that average about 30 minutes each. If I divvy this up, oh, shit, that's only like 12 shifts. You're like a budget <laughs> analyst for podcasts. Oh, it's scary. Like, i got to get it's these budgets out. Scary. Am I going to be in the positive or the red? How many episodes of Theory of Everything do I have this episode? Okay, I can put like three this one, watch This American Life. Good. Okay. How good is White Noise? Can I just listen to White Noise for three hours? Oh, God. And then on my Fridays, I usually listen to pretty much music, but then I run out of albums, so I switch back to podcasts. Yeah. I, I, like, really can't get into the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, like, I don't know. The thing I like about most podcasts I listen to is, like, you get that connection between the hosts. And when mm-hmm. you have a guest on every episode, sure, you connect to Joe Rogan, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The connections from being, like, these people have been friends for this many years, and I love their connection yeah. is what I think I like about podcasts the most. Isn't, like, the huge appeal of the Joe Rogan podcast is just, like, the mass amount of different – like, in the same week, like it can different... be, like, political person, comedian, psychologist, so neuroscientist, cool. health expert. Like, it can have all of those in one week, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's what I appreciate about that podcast. And then there are some times where he does have his comedian friends on the podcast. And yeah, you can like feel he'll have the same people on over and over Yeah, like uh, right? Bill Burr, Tom Segura, oh, Burt Crusher. Bill Burr. All those people. Chemistry. Yeah. Speaking of Bill Burr, Monday Morning Podcast also is underrated. Love yes. that podcast. Listening to that mm. old fucker talk for one, an hour and a half. He him riffing on ads and shit. That is so funny to me, and I don't know why. Him talking about sports for 30 minutes at a time. I don't know any of these people. I don't care about hockey, yeah. but Bill Burr loves it. Bill Burr <laughs> is probably one of the funniest people alive right now. Listen to his stand-up specials. Watch them. Well, literally watch them because like have like at least a quarter of the humor is just his face and his like how he expresses himself mm-hmm. on stage. He's a very good physical comedian, and his jokes hit home. And he's the only comedian like right now besides like a few other like the big comedians that hasn't done something extraordinarily shitty <laughs> yeah i think i would put like maybe chris d'elia right below him. i was i was thinking of chris d'elia but he's not like massive six yeah he's Netflix not specials. like he's not bill burr yet but he's doing he's on he's the good. up and up he's yeah. doing good bill like burr's him. on his way to selling out and making a million dollars and god bless him yeah. God bless him. Go your way, because I know being a comedian is the worst mm-hmm. thing possible. But if you like connections, then you would love the Sleepy Cabin podcast, because those guys have known each other for years, Sick. and they've been friends for a really long time. Or you would like yeah. Overdue. It's two guys yeah. that have known each other for their entire lives, like like, like kids from middle school all the way up to college roommates into adults with careers that know each other, and I love them. They're mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So if you want a connection, listen to those. Sick. Fuck. I like that. Feels nice to go long. Yeah. I like you. I like you. I'll get you a Coke. <laughs> well. Wow, what, what are we at? A long An time. An hour and 53 minutes. Are you kidding me? No. Wow. It's wow. right here. This is the big podcast. This is the big boy. The big Whoa. boy. I thought episode 10 was going to be the special. This is the This special. is called The Big Boy. Send us away. I have to poop. All right. All right. If you want to get into contact with us, uh, tweet at us at iChrisRomero for Christian, uh, at DucoZombies for me. And uh, the podcast is I Can Dig It Pod on Twitter. 
Uh, our e if you want to email us, email us a question. Maybe make, make, make it goes long because you don't want to deal with it in 280 characters. Yeah. Uh, it's the I think it's I can dig it pod at Gmail. It's I can dig it 18. At I can Gmail. dig it 18 because yeah. I guess somebody else was digging it and 17 yeah. other people were digging it. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. you have any questions that we think we need to address or that are funny, we might as well just talk about them on here. Yeah. 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 Uh, if you like the show, uh, make sure to engage with it on your plat podcast platform of choice. Uh, you can rate it, subscribe, and tell a friend about it on iTunes. Uh, start on Overcast. Do what you do. I don't know that the, all the other podcast platforms that we're on because we're on like five. Yeah. Uh, but just tell people about it if you enjoy it. That's a really good way to get our name out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was the show. Uh, it's wow. been long. Two hours. Uh, uh, headphones are hurting my ears. They are hurting my <laughs> ears. Yeah, me too. I need a Got break before. I don't even know if we're going to record the Front Bottoms episode. Uh, I've been Isaiah. I've been Bailey. I've been Christian. And I can dig it for two full hours. Thank you wow. for listening.